I'm Mark McGuinness. Thanks for listening. Today we're sharing our dirty laundry. We're pulling back the curtain and looking underneath the bonnet of what activities, cadences, sequences, tech stack and outreach numbers look like for a successful B2B sales development team today. Kevin DeBeer is a senior sales leader who runs a company called Sales Development as a Service. It's an SDR on-demand type of business. So this business is all about setting meetings, mostly cold, and Kevin's going to share the last quarter's activity, the numbers, the results, etc. So it helps you get some clarity on what you might expect and what you might like to try and achieve if you're out there trying to set appointments on your own, or perhaps you're running a sales team or a BDR team, an SDR team. A couple of things here. I don't know whether it's a disclaimer or an endorsement, but I own a bunch of this company. So I can share this data without getting in trouble, and I know it's real. Before we jump into today's show, I'd really like you to help me out if you wouldn't mind. What I'm trying to do is get this podcast and these strategies and this data into as many salespeople's ears as possible. One of the best ways for us to do that is if you find this podcast to be interesting or of value, could you please share it with somebody in your network who you think might get some value from it also? and spread the word, I'd really like to try and challenge and change the sales landscape across APAC. All right, let's get in and have a listen to Kevin and hear what sales development as a service has been up to over the last quarter. Kevin DeBeer, welcome to the Boss Podcast. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you very much. Super excited. Um, You've told me about this uh, a week and a bit ago, and I've been looking forward to this um, Friday of a call with you. Yeah, so here we are, Friday afternoon, 3.37, 1st of July, end of the quarter. Exciting um, times. Yeah, or start of the new quarter. Yeah. So, Kevin, I'll get you to introduce yourself, but I'll, I'll just give you a quick wrap. So, for those who don't know, you know, Kevin's uh, running a business that I'm associated with. I'm really pleased to have him on. He's a fantastic senior sales leader. I was delighted when he decided to come and join our business. We haven't been going for very long, but we've just kicked some enormous goals, and I thought, having a podcast and sharing what the results were for us in our first full quarter of operation, along with all the bumps and lumps that went along with it, as we learned things and changed CRMs and did all sorts of stuff, would be a good way to, you know, people on the podcast would like to hear, I think, that data and and see what's happening in the real world. So, and you're at the, you've got your hands on the driving wheel. On the steering wheel, I should say, Kevin. Yeah, literally. absolutely. Literally, yeah. I came from our previous job sort of being very senior up in sales, um, but very much enjoyed the, the day-to-day of sales, rolling up my sleeves, getting involved. But this has given me the opportunity to get back into that and sort of be involved in a, in a startup business, which is super exciting. So three months into the role, you know, by title, I'm head of sales and partnerships, whatever that's worth. But at the end of the day, Mark and I run the business with both hands on the steering wheel. And Mark, you're quite right. It's been, you know, you and I use the phrase that one step forward, two back some days, you know, we sort of pull our hairs out at the end of the day. But um, by and large, it's been a fantastic three months. You know, I sit here 1st of July and um, yeah, we, we've kicked some huge goals. Absolutely. Yeah. So let, let's let's share what we've learned from a sales development front with 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 the listeners. I think that's awesome. So just to give us some context, you're making calls like every week. You're you're sending emails, aren't you? Like tell us about your day or your week, what that looks like. So my week and my my day and my week is sort of um, primarily around calls. So, you know, we've got a a, a few customers that we've onboarded um, that we're doing outreach for. 
So I'm directly involved in in the outreach myself. So I take a, a group of, of clients and I I um, execute on on the outreach. So you know, hundreds of calls every week made, emails sent, um, LinkedIn outreaches, et cetera, et cetera. So directly involved. And and I think that's been important, Mark, because that's that's learned us, you know, that's taught us a lot about how to calibrate the business going forward. You know, I also sort of caveat what what we're saying now. The business has been going for three months, so it is still a new startup. But um, you know, as as we go through the results, you you'll see. I, I think we've 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 achieved quite a lot in in those three months. So, you know, we've done hundreds of calls. Literally, if I look at the numbers, it's actually thousands of calls that that, that we've done. There's been a heap of voicemails off the back of those calls, together with text messages that that we've sent. Um, followed up by emails um, and lots of quality conversations that that we've had with um, with prospects out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so just take a quick step back. What does the business do? Right, if people aren't aware, because you know we're living in this bubble, so we just assume people know all about it, right? So what are what what does sales dev as a service do? Sales development as a service. So sales development as a service is um, a business that helps other businesses with top of the funnel activity, and what that means in practical terms is we secure the first quality meeting for the business out there. So whether that be directly with the the founders, owners of a business, the senior executives, or their sales team. So we take away the pain of the business development function and also secure the first quality meeting for, for those teams within those businesses to have with their prospects or their identified ideal customer or target market, basically. Yep. Okay. So we're appointment setters for B two B. Love it. Percent. Yeah. Okay. So what are the what are some of the top line highlights from the last few months? Um. So the top line highlights, um, Mark, has, has really been um around. Obviously, you know the core of our business is around booking the meeting. So you know we've we've achieved around about ten percent. Um, ten percent of of those um, conversations have eventuated into quality meetings for our customers. And just if I reflect on that, as the business has built over the last three months, last month being June, we actually achieved 20%. So 10% on average over the three and 20% in, in the month of June. Yeah. And I think that's because we're getting better. Like you and I are getting better at making calls and sending emails. And also the team are getting better as we bed in more systems and processes. So I think this is the new the baseline, right? So we don't want to go backwards from here. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and and interestingly enough, um, people are actually calling back. You know, I mentioned that we've made hundreds, thousands of calls, right? Left voicemails and text messages. People are actually calling back. So I think our messaging and our cadence. You know, we've tweaked it as we've gone along the journey for each client individually and specifically, but we're actually getting calls back, which is very interesting. Yeah. And, and you know, we're even getting text messages back. Correct. Yeah. 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 People absolutely. Are very, very good. Good. You know, it's, it's like as a salesperson, it's always exciting to get a response. You know, you, you send out a, an email and you wait for the eye to turn blue that somebody's actually opened it. You get super excited when they reply. Um, and when you get replies off your your voicemails and your text messages, wow, you, you you know you're doing the right things out out there in the market. Yep. Two of the things that I found interesting from a somebody that's looking at the analytics, you know, so I'm looking at the data every day, right? And um, most meetings, 
that are booked are coming after one or two objections. I don't think we've had anybody that's gone, yep, that sounds great, hook me up. I think at nearly every meeting that we've booked, we've, you know, whoever's been the SDR, whether it be you, me, one of the guys, have had to navigate an objection first because it's just been a reflexive no. Would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. And that's why, you know, the outreach that, that we actually create up front with a customer in terms of the persona creation and the ICP is super important, but more so as the daily learnings that we play back to one another. So end of day or beginning of day, we play back previous learnings and we then modify sort of how we handle objections, you know, whether that be time of month, time of year, you know, and, and we play those back and we share that as a team and that that empowers us as a team then to manage those objections. But you, you're quite right. No meeting has come sort of easily saying, yeah, book, book us in for a meeting. It's always been you have to navigate through through the actual objections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the other one that's been a bit of a letdown is video. I don't think we've had we've had very low levels of video watching. I I, I can't think of a personally of anyone responding to my videos. And and that's disappointing, Mark, because he's such a good looking fella. So, um, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm surprised that they haven't engaged with us. Yeah. So, um, we're going to park that for now. All right, so let's jump into the individual channels and just share some of the insights that people might be interested in. So what about, the? let's start with the phone, right? That makes makes the obvious sense. So if I can go first, I mean, the, overall, I think the results we're getting from the telephone are actually better than I had expected. Um, I think it depends on who you're calling, but the, the conversations are coming and sometimes it doesn't matter how good the call is, it's just the fact that you're making the calls, getting it done. Correct. And, and I think that one of the important things that, that I've learned in, in these, you know, being directly involved in the cadence and the calls is the tone of the call. You, you need to set the tone up front around the call and the person that, that, that you're speaking to because they pick up on that immediately. And if you sound hesitant, you don't sound like a peer talking to a peer, they're going to knock you off, off your block. And then you, you're trying to get back on all the time. Yeah, definitely. So just for clarity, so we've been calling government departments, we've been calling small uh, businesses, people with, you know, CEOs of businesses, sorry, with people of about 100 people and less, you know, and a lot of lot in that sort of 50 people space. And we did some work in, in really large organizations as well. Yeah. How did you go? Because you were responsible for calling into some CIOs. How did you go there? Did you get any conversations? Did they pick up? Did you have a call? You know, what, what happened there? CIOs don't pick up the phone and don't talk to you in large organizations. And, and when we're talking large organizations, we're talking organizations with a thousand plus people. So this is, you know, super senior executive. So we were getting through to their direct number. Um, we we're able to leave voicemail and text messages, et cetera, but they weren't calling back. So, you know, one of the things you said, we can control certain things. We can't control who picks up and has a conversation, but we can control the conversation. So the actual conversation rate with them was was very low. You know, if I look at it in percentage terms, I think it would have been around about 2%. Um, they would have responded to a conversation. But um, that sort of picked up through LinkedIn conversation and then picked up slightly more through through email conversation. Um, but as, as you can imagine, in those organizations, it's all about delegation downwards, basically. So, um, yeah, a, a few good lessons learned, learned out of that, that engagement. Yep. And if I reflect on making cold calls for the first time, like in a, in a bundle myself, so, you know, sure, I've made one or two and, you know, haven't made any for a few weeks. When, when we were looking at 
starting out and I was making calls every day for a few weeks there, uh, less so now. What I found was it's really hard to get started. But once you got started, it was important to maintain your momentum, you know, and then just get up the next day. And and once you've made two phone calls and you've had a conversation, away you went. But there was just this barrier that was stopping me from, you know, like call reluctance is real. And if you don't challenge it head on, it can have a real negative impact in your day. At least that's what I found. And uh, I, I agree with you 100%. And, and what sort of opened my eyes was spending time with you in Sydney where we stood around your stand-up desk there and you made calls, I made calls. And then when I left that environment, it was, yeah, I had to force myself to do that. And and you and I have sort of got the motto is you need to make calls every day. If it's five calls, 10 calls, 15 calls, make, a, make those calls every day. Don't let a day go by where you actually don't make those calls. It's sort of like okay. ex- exercising a muscle, right? Exercising the memory, exercising a muscle. If if you don't run every day, <laughs> you do you, you struggle the the following day when you actually do go out for a run. Yeah, and I think that's so easy to fall out of that habit, right? If you make it a habit, it's easy. Correct. Well, it's easier. It's certainly not an easy task. But can I? How many times did you just off the top of your head? I, I don't think we record these. How many times did someone just hang up on you or give you a hard time that you can think of? It wasn't that often um, that, that I got a, a knockback, um, but it's always, I think if I listened to my calls back where I did get a knockback, I came back pretty strong, not not in an abrasive manner, but asked for something back. So whether that be, can I sort of connect with you on LinkedIn or can I get you know, the, the, the CEO of the company that we're working for to connect with you? On, so I sort of asked for something back from them. And, and when you... And again, it comes down to tone and speaking like a peer to them. When you do ask that, even though they've knocked you back, most times they say yes. When I say most times, I'd say about 50% of the times. But that sort of gives you a bit of confidence going into the next call that, hey, I got knocked back, but I asked for something back in return at at the end of the call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And my view on that is I've done the work before I've made the call. So, you know, I've spent a, a amount of time as a business doing research on calling that prospect. So I'm not going to just let them off the hook because they've said no and and they've been abrasive and they want to bang the phone down in my ear. It's a deliberate call that we're making to them. It's not sort of off a run sheet that that we're making a call. It's a deliberate call made to a target audience. Yeah. So uh, that's true. So if I think about my experience and I made about 25 or 20% of the phone calls you did, uh, I got berated. I got hung up on once, you know, so like, Obviously, my tone was off that day. And then I got not berated, but you know, one guy was a bit argumentative. Yeah. And the funny thing about this was this was one of the days we had one of our consultants with me doing one for one. So he's on Zoom <laughs> listen, listening to me make calls and could hear the, the caller on the other end. And you know, I'm trying to backpedal and, and save the call. So that was a bit embarrassing and yeah, that, very that'd awkward. be a tough one. Absolutely. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, so I look, I got hung up on once and given a hard time once out of hundreds of calls. So, yeah. you know, the fear that we have is actually un- completely unfounded. What about email? Let's jump in email. So we've got some interesting stats around email. That This was really surprising. Yeah, so it is, it is quite surprising. So, you know, open rates is one thing. You know, you can have a look at open rates, which, you know, sits a, we've got an open rate of around about 70, 75%. 
in terms of open rates, but but more importantly, it's a, around the reply rate. So you know, we reply rates around about four percent at the at the moment. Um, so I, th- I think we still got a bit of work to do around our our email component of of our actual outreach. Yeah, I agree. I was surprised when I saw that four uh, percent when we looked at the data yesterday, particularly when you think about the open rate. But then when I had a look at the the scripting, we're actually not our, the CTA is very soft. So. Yeah. A lot of those emails are just designed to sit there and they're what I would call sacrificial. So what I mean by that is, you know, we're not really looking for much of a reply. It's something for us to call on the next time because we're relying on the converse quality of the conversation to get the meeting. So I think if we wanted to, we would need to create a more attractive and aggressive call to action if we wanted to lift that up. I, I think you're right, Mark, but I think some of the calibrations that you make to our emails also had a difference. So, you know, whilst four percent is, is is not great, it would have been close to point point four if if you didn't make some of the calibrations that you made, which were quite interesting. And maybe you can elaborate on that. Uh, yeah. So, you know, just things like the subject lines, I think, really change our our open rates. So, just using lowercase letters, um, you know, two or three words, um, and and just chopping back the amount of content that's in each email drastically to try and not talk about us and just talk about what their outcomes were has got, and, and, and we get, you know, the notification that someone's opened it, someone's opened it again, they've opened it a fourth time. You know, that indicates to me that then they're, they're not really sure what we want them to do. And if we've deliberately got a very light CTA because we want to talk to them on the phone, then you'd think that that's successful even though they haven't got a response. So I, I did book a meeting with an email. So I did have one person respond and <laughs> say, we'll take that's an easy sale. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and that turned into a good client for the client for our client. I know that for a fact. So that Excellent. was good, um, but only the one. All right, LinkedIn. How'd you go with LinkedIn? Quick rundown on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, what a fantastic tool, as as we all know, right? But it's fantastic if you use it in in the correct fashion. And again, I, I learned a lot from you around LinkedIn. You know, my use of LinkedIn was was really poor in terms of how I can leverage LinkedIn for for us as a business and myself as an individual. What I'm seeing is people are responding in terms of accepting connections. You know, they're definitely viewing the profile back, which is what we want. If we have a look at our outreach programs, we want to bring up into their conscience the name of the business that we're representing. So I, th- I think it's a, a fantastic tool as part of what we're wanting to achieve. So it's not our primary tool to secure the meeting. It's a tool to bring the name of the business that we're representing up into the conscience of the prospect or the target audience, which then makes the actual conversation we're having a lot easier and a lot better because you can actually reference back to to LinkedIn as well. So you can reference back to things that they're posting, things that they're liking, and they know that that you've noticed them as well. Yep. Yeah. And so one of the things that I found worked really well was you'd reference other people in the business, you know. So you'd say, "I oh, look, I can see you've got Kevin helping you there with 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 sales," and they'd go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Okay, I picked that up on LinkedIn when I was doing my research, and and that's a, a, a really easy way to use a, like a personalization part of the outreach without there being any triggers or anything like that. I found that worked worked really well because because then they they know that you've done research, right? As, as, again, I say it's not just the call off a call list. Basically, they know that you've put time and effort into doing some research around them and the people that work for them. Okay, so get let's move on to the what sort of cadence are we using? Just run through. 
that's our secret sauce. Um, but uh, it's sort of the cadence that, that we're using, um, that um, days sort of vary depending on on the actual customer. So it could be day one, day three, day seven, day eight, etc. So it's not day on day on day, basically. Um, and then it's a combination of, and these combinations can be flipped around depending on the client and, and the target audience. You know, telephone calls, emails, text messages, LinkedIn. You mentioned video that they were using as well. We're using um, some PIMS as well, which is personalized um, messages to to clients. So it's a combination of of all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, if we go back to email, I'm surprised how well those Venn diagrams are being. Something really simple, right? When you said to me, do a Venn diagram, I thought, oh my God, because I come from a data uh, company background. I thought this is going to get really complicated, but then I done a complicated one and you simplified it and, you know, three circles, a bit of wording and yeah, bang, away we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's working great. So the duration of our outreach, we're basically just doing two weeks, aren't we? On average, across our customers at the moment, it's two weeks. We've got one that's slightly longer. I think that one is around about 21, 24 days. Um, but that's because they got holidays in between and, and there's a few gatekeepers involved as well. But on average, it's two weeks. Tech stack, what tech stack are we using? Oh, lots of learnings there. So, you know, we're using Pipedrive as a CRM at the moment. Fantastic. You know, as a Salesforce user for all of my sales career, basically, I thought there wasn't anything better. But I've been blown away by Pipedrive. Really easy to use, easy to change. To yeah, it, it's really easy around reporting as well. I, I'm enjoying it. And we've sort of hacked it to use it as like a sales engagement platform as well, don't we? So we we use it as the, you know the tractor outreach yeah. touches and yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So I think we did pretty well. Uh, what else are we using? What other tools have we got there? Um, so LinkedIn, Sales Navigator, you know, we're using Loosh. And then um, obviously, Mark, we've been using a couple of our secret tools um, for contacts as well. Yeah. Um, so, so um, you know, we had a look at Loosh, we had a look at Zoom. Loosh fits our, our business um, better than, than what Zoom does. Yep, yep. Um, and we're also using Aircall for VoIP, and that's been pretty cool. Yeah, that that has been really good. That that's sort of been a game changer for us. You know, in the early days, we we're using mobile phones and Zoom, <laughs> basically, um, trying to record things. You know, when it was just the two of us, fairly low volumes at work, but Aircall has been a game changer for us, absolutely. And for the videos that aren't getting open, we're using Vidyard, just so that people yep. know. <laughs> we might as well be doing hand drawings because no one's no one's opening them. All right, so so that's you know a bit of a snapshot of where sales dev as a service is as of the end of the quarter. I thought it was worthwhile recording that. What's your what's your summary, Kev? If you had to walk My through that. summary, Mark of of the last three months is number one for me is around the quality of the list, the quality of the list that you're calling, which is the data. I think that is super important. Don't get over eager just to get a list from a, a list provider make sure that you've done some work around the actual list. So the time, resource, money, and effort that you spend on that will definitely reap the benefits down the, the track for you. It's not a volume play. So, you know, it's not a list of a thousand and you work through a thousand. So for, for me, it's not a, a volume play. For me, it's around the quality conversation. So how many conversations can we have? You know, 45% conversation rate off the back of the calls for us. That is fantastic for, for me. Yep. Okay. Love it. My, and my summary would be surprised at the lack of email responses, even though we talked about the CTA being way soft. And I was very surprised about objections, the, about how much we need to be on the ball and prepared to manage those objections or and mm-hmm. just 
help the people through that decision-making process. Yeah. And then if I can take an even further step back, like the, the, how many people are reaching out for this service? So like we're inundated with people asking for, for a conversation. It's, it's crazy. We need more people. We need more consultants. Yeah, absolutely right. Yes. So, you know, the, the first three months is about, was also about onboarding consultants for us, but we need more. I mean, you know, this week we've, we've signed up two new customers, which we actually need to sort of slow down now, but, um, you know, and, and until we've caught up with our consultants. But yeah, the outreach back to us has been phenomenal. Yeah. All right, Kev. So um, if people are listening and they want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? On my mobile, 488 or my email, kevin at sales-dev.com or via LinkedIn. Lovely. All right. Mate, believe it or not, people, uh, Kev is at a camping ground in his four-wheel drive. He's about to go fishing. So, man, I really appreciate you taking the time before you hit the camping ground to come and talk through our data with everybody and share those details. You're a legend. Big pleasure. Thank you for allowing me to do it. Thanks, mate. Ciao. Cheers. Bye.